0: Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Philippians uh, chapter 3, and that can be found on page 1140 of your few Bibles. This is Paul speaking about our goal as Christians and how we're to get there. This is Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, through chapter 4, verse 1. Listen for the word of God to you. Not that I have already obtained all this. I have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards that which is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of, this, of these things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have as in us a model Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomachs, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Dear friends, this is the Lord, word of the Lord. Thank you. Be to God. Let us pray. <laughs> Oh Lord, we know in the journey of faith, we face mountains and we face valleys. Our motivations vary. But we know that you offer us a power to motivate us through whatever we are going through. We ask, Lord, that you would pour that power out into our hearts today. So we may not be discouraged, but continue on in the journey that you have for us. Lord, any words that I say that are not of your will, I ask that they fall to the ground and be forgotten. But whatever I say that is of your will, I ask that embed in bed and hearts and bear good fruit unto the kingdom of God. Lord, let us not hinder your word, but feed your sheep. In Jesus' name, amen. So... I I know a guy in in high school. Actually, I have known him middle school, high school, and college. His name is Josh Sunquist, and he's a pretty uh, motivated guy. He said he would do something in high school, and he pretty much did everything he said he was going to do, which takes a lot of motivation. When Josh was nine years old, he was diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer, and he went through a year of chemotherapy where they finally had to amputate his left leg. About um, three years later, he was declared cured of cancer. Three years after that, he took up downhill skiing. About six years after that, he qualified to be on the Paralympic team in the 2006 Paralympics in Torino, Italy. Um, When Josh isn't competing in sports, he's a motivational speaker a comedian and an author, pretty successful guy, pretty motivated guy. In one of his um, speeches on YouTube to the future farmers of America, which about has 80,000 views at this point, Josh is telling one of his favorite stories about growing up in the small town of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where we both grew up. Josh was uh, driving around town with his friends one night, about three of them, and they were basically complaining about how bored they were and wondering what they were going to do because they were so bored. Finally, one of them popped up and said, hey, why don't we go cow tipping? For those of you who don't know, cows sleep standing up and cow tipping is tipping them over. Don't worry, no cows were harmed in the making of this story. These being city kids they didn't know where exactly to find a cow so they went out to a field at night outside Harrisonburg, Virginia and just started wandering around this dark field in the moonlight looking for a cow. Finally they spotted a cow off in the distance and they started to approach the cow from behind. They were about 10 feet away when the cow turned around and the first thought that came into Josh's mind was why does this cow have horns? (laughs) Well because the cow was not a cow as the children's sermon with the um, bulls suggest the cow was in fact a bull and Josh knew he was in a bad situation because he had one leg and he got around on hand crutches and this cow had four times as many legs as he did so things didn't look like he was going to go well for Josh, and he didn't know if he could outrun this this bull. But then he realized he didn't have to outrun the bull. He only had to outrun one of his three friends, which, which he turned around and ran as fast as he could, which he, if you watch the video, he's pretty fast on his crutches and one leg. And he jumped over the fence, turned around, and saw that he had beaten all three of his two-legged friends to the the car, not to the cow, um, but to the car. So he's a pretty highly motivated person. As the uh, children's sermon suggests, I think all of us would improve our running game if we were being chased by a bull. But in the journey of faith, there's not really a, a bull chasing us to motivate us. Sometimes it's hard to find motivation in our journey of faith, in our marathon race of faith. You know, I, I think the, the race of faith isn't so much like downhill skiing, where we're, we're skiing downhill, we're going with gravity, and all we have to do is avoid the obstacles. I think scripture says it's more like guiding a sailboat, where you have to put the sail into the wind, you have to work to find the right current in the wind. Or it's more like being an eagle looking for a hot air draft to rise on the wings of the morning, as the scripture says. And sometimes when we can't feel that current and we're flapping our wings, we can get really tired. Sometimes it feels like we, we can rise four feet only to fall five. But maybe that's because we need to know the character of our hope. And when we know the character of our hope, we can look for that current in faith and we can rise on wings like eagles. The good news today is when we know that our goal is resurrection, we will find ourselves in Christ. When we know that our goal is resurrection, we will find ourselves in Christ. First, we need to know that our goal is resurrection. And I think the book of Philippians demonstrates this well, that we actually, in the afterlife, Christianity is always taught, though it's not often explicitly stated, that there are actually two stages of the afterlife. In chapter 2, Paul says, while he is in prison, to live is Christ, to die is gain, that if he were to be die in prison, that would be okay by him because he would go To be with Christ in heaven, or as elsewhere described in scripture, in paradise. And he would rest in peace with Christ. But our scripture today says that there is another stage of faith. When Jesus returns, he says we are citizens of heaven and we await the coming of our Savior who will transform our mortal bodies into glorious bodies like His, like Jesus Christ's resurrected body. Christianity is always taught that there are two stages in the afterlife. One, when we rest in peace, and two, when we return with Christ to His new creation, to reign and rule and work with Him so we don't labor in vain. I like to think of the resurrected body as the difference between a remote-controlled car, as we demonstrated, which runs on a battery, as opposed to the resurrection. All of us are given a little amount of spiritual life in this life, but it's limited, like a battery or a tank of gas, and we are disconnected from the source of our life. We have rebelled against God and yet he loves us so much that he wants to connect us with the source of eternal life. I feel like a resurrected body would be much more like a solar-powered plane. Perhaps some of you remember in 2015, 2016, a solar-powered plane circumnavigated the globe without refueling, flew 26,000 miles. Why? Because it was being powered by a natural fusion reactor known as the sun which if you go outside you can feel the heat of from billions of miles away and if you're a redhead you avoid because you get sunburned really easily but God's power, God's brilliance, God's glory is so much greater the sun will one day burn out and run out of fuel but one day God's glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea And if we want to stand with him in glory, we need sunblock, S-O-N block, get it? Sunblock. We need to stand not in our righteousness, but in Christ's righteousness. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the good news is because of the resurrection, we don't labor in vain. Because of the resurrection, We won't get another chance to do the same thing, but we will get another chance to learn from our mistake. No matter whether you win or lose, if you serve the Lord in faith and hope and love, one day God will redeem that even if no one sees. And you do not labor in vain. And that, for me, is the good news of the resurrection. And that is our goal. And that is why we pursue Christ, because we got to get ready for the, the body that he's going to give us. we got to trade in our regular bodies for the Cadillac that he is going to give us. And that's called sanctification. That is called growing in our faith. Now, a lot of people would define sanctification as becoming more like Christ. I'm not sure I would define it in that way because Jesus is a really high bar. and No matter how hard I try, I'm always going to fail to meet that bar. And when I start thinking I am succeeding in meeting that bar, I become less and less like Jesus when I start thinking of myself like Jesus. Instead, I think sanctification is finding ourselves, finding ourselves in Christ. As the book of Colossians says, For you have died. If you confess Jesus as Lord, you have died, whether you realize it or not, and your life is hidden with Christ. And when Christ, who is revealed, who is your life, is revealed, you will be with him and revealed with him in glory. The good news is Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. When we behold the glory of Christ, we see ourselves more clearly better than however long we may look in a mirror. Well, how do we get there? How do we grow in that journey? Well, last week we talked about some things that impede our spiritual walk in crummy spirituality. But this week, we're talking about emotionally healthy spirituality. And as Peter Scissero lays out, there are six stages to growing in faith. First comes a life-changing awareness of God. We agree with Paul that we want to know the power of the resurrection. And we're willing to pay any cost to know that power. Second comes discipleship. This involves learning about Christ and what it means to be a Christian and what it means to walk in fellowship with each other. Third comes the active life where we move from learning to doing when we say it's not enough for others to serve me, but I want to serve others. Fourth comes the wall. If any of you are runners know in any marathon you're going to hit a wall. Your spiritual muscles are going to burn and you aren't going to know if you're going to be able to take another step. The St. John of the Cross, a famous saint in the Catholic Church, called this the dark night of the soul. And God never says to us how long this is going to last. But he says that it is an essential part of our walk in faith. First, fifth is our journey outwards. After God has led us through the wall, we begin to serve again. But we do so out of peace, security, and clarity, out of a truer sense of love for others. Sixth is transformed into love when we have been purified by this dark night of the soul. We will be come to see our own difficulties and the difficulties Of others differently, and we will love them more even because of their difficulties. I think the most important part of these stages of faith is the wall, is the dark night of the soul, and if you're going through that today, I can't tell you how long that is going to last, but I can tell you that it is essential to your walk in faith. And after we get through that, Scripture says, Casero says, that we will have a greater level of brokenness, a greater appreciation for the mystery of God, a deeper ability to wait on God, and a greater detachment from the world. I think this last part about detachment is essential. As Casero says, the question is not whether I am happy. The question is if I am free from the tyranny of things and other people controlling me? Am I walking in Christian freedom? Because if I am, I may be happy and I may be sad. That may fluctuate. But my freedom in Christ will not fluctuate. Paul says this in the Scripture that we are to be citizens of heaven. And the Philippians would have known what that was, Because they were a colony of Rome. When the Roman emperor came in and conquered that region, he established a colony and gave the veterans land in Philippi that they may be representatives of Rome to to Greece. So what he is saying is we, here in the church, are a colony of heaven, representatives of heaven. And what I think that means is, as I said before, Everything we do matters. We don't labor in vain. We can't hold too tightly to anything we do or anyone we love because it doesn't belong to us. It all belongs to God. As I was thinking about this idea of resurrection and sanctification, I was reminded of a speech I saw Josh Sunquist give maybe a couple years after he had been to the Paralympics, I was in seminary at the time, and he was speaking at my college, the College of William and Mary, so I drove down to see him. I'm sure he told the Bull story. It's one of his favorite stories to tell, and it's a good story. But I don't remember any of the stories he told. Instead, I remember a question one of the students asked during the question and answer session, and it's one of the most profound questions I've ever heard in my life, he asked Josh if you could do it again and if you had a choice to lose your leg or not, knowing all the good that would come out of it, all the success that would come out of it, would you do it again? Would you lose your leg? And he thought about it and he said, no, I want my leg back. I want my leg back. And we have to confess as Christians that all things work together for good. For those who love God and ordained unto His purposes. But we can also confess that everyone agrees. That we want it back. That we want our health back. That we want another try, That we want justice and the good news of the resurrection as we will get it back and then something. The good news of the resurrection is we will reign with Him in glory. And the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And I don't know about you, but that's what I call motivation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us uh, stand and firm our faith by saying the word,